as uh, Terry was reading that, I thought, hey, that's what I'm talking about this morning. The, uh, something I forgot to do that Robin uh, aptly did uh, about the pictures. I had them put them up when I came up here the first time, and I tell you the truth, I listened so hard to Connor's prayer that I completely lost anything that I was doing. Um, but these pictures, are they beautiful? Are they not? And I just, ask, I just ask you to keep them in your memory. Just remember those pictures, because it's just, it's just the beginning. And I mentioned at the um, meeting last week that God is providing for this congregation, and he's sending us a message, and we've got to get ready and get going, and one week later, here, here we are. So uh, there's a lot more kids coming, and uh, we're going to need to be ready to share Jesus with them. So back to the scripture that uh, Terry just read, so I can get on that track. Uh, the interesting thing about the Bible is if you, look about, if you look at the tapestry of the Bible when you read it, you'll notice things that, hey, way back there I read that, and then here it is here down here in these scriptures, and then farther in towards the back of the Bible, here, here it is again. And the one thing I know about the Bible, it is very consistent because it's God's word. And what, what people said, what those writers wrote way back then, all comes to pass later on. Things that Moses said came to pass. Things that Isaiah said came to pass. And things that Jesus said not only were present when he was there, but they came to pass. And I say all this because I want you to keep that in mind as we look today what our choice here is as Christians in this world, or non-Christians if you're, if you're not. But we have a choice. We have a choice of which message to listen to and which message to live by. It's clear. It's very clear if you study the Bible, but it's not clear if you don't. So I want to start off today talking about Peter. And I've mentioned this many times before that I pretty much let the Holy Spirit kind of guide what I'm going to say this morning. And two days ago in the shower, he was talking to me about Peter. Out of the blue. Peter, if you, if you, if you go back and look, Peter walked with Jesus. He was a highly passionate individual that defended Jesus on several accounts. He knew Jesus. He lived every single day. As we learned this morning about when we were rehashing the, the, the feeding of the 5,000, He's there. He saw all that. He saw the miracles. 
Later on, we're going to see the things that he learned that he had special knowledge of. And yet, when Jesus went up on the cross, just as, Je just as Jesus said, Peter denied knowing Christ three times. Peter. Later on, Peter gives a rather uh, fundamental lesson on Christ, which starts off the whole book of Acts. And later on, as we're going to see, Peter's going to die for Christ. Keep Peter in mind, because Peter is uh, an example to you and I about our walk with Christ. We're going to know him. We're going to hear all his teachings. We're going to have special information. And yet, sometimes we're going to stumble. But it's not the stumbling that matters. It's what we do after the stumble. And that's what this scripture uh, gets to as we read it. Because if you read just what was up there, you kind of got, well, here it comes. You know, the fire and brimstone, those who don't obey, right? You, you saw that scripture. I want to go back in uh, the Romans 2. I want to start with, at verse 1 and go to 11. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Remember that, that you who pass judgment do the same things. What, what, what God is saying here is you're just as prone to all the things that anybody else who uh, doesn't even believe in me is, is going to do. Now we know that God's judgment against those who does such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended for you to lead to repentance? That's the payoff line. Not realizing that God's kindness is intended for you to lead to repentance. That's what God wants. God doesn't want, oh, I caught you, I caught you, I caught you. You guys are out and you three are in. Because you were perfect. You did what I said. He sets up, his, he, his whole being is meant to provide a way for him to, for us to be with him in repentance. Don't you think Peter repented? I, I think he did. And so that tapestry I talk about the, in the scriptures, 
where you see somebody say something and then it comes to truth, comes to pass later on, or you see it in your own life. That, here it is in, in real life. The scripture says his kindness is for you to lead, to lead you to repentance. And there's Peter. Peter demonstrating it. And remember, Peter had all the inside information. How, how dare he deny Christ, right? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. And this starts to get me to the, the part about where we're going to, we have decisions to make. Do we follow God's way or do we follow something else? God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. That's a fact. You can, you can bank on that one. And that is the good news here in, the, in these verses. I know we're going to read even more verses that says, hey, if, if you don't do the right thing, wrath is for you. I get it. But remember, his kindness was put there for our repentance. And it's his kindness on these words that matter. And for those who seek to do his will, yet they stumble, yet they fall, and yet they even deny him sometimes. Eternal life is for those who, who want to listen to that message and pay attention to that message. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. That is true also. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. That's, that's why I said this, this particular uh, lesson I dedicate to Lauren and Twelva. From the best that I can see, and I'm not God, but I think they lived a, an honor, a, a God-honoring life. And their book's closed down here now, so that's why I can say that. I think they did. I don't think they were perfect. I don't know what they, what they did wrong, but I don't think they were perfect. But I think they honored God. I think they proclaimed God. I know they proclaimed God. So they had a choice in life. They could have, they could have paid attention to the day-to-day -day affairs that drag us down, or they could have paid attention to what matters. I think if you've seen the things this week that are written about uh, Twelva, she paid attention to the big picture, as uh, Robin was teaching us this morning. She made choices about the big picture. The big picture being God, God's way, eternal life. That's what mattered to her. Sure, she took care of the tomatoes out back and, and all those Oh, the yard and Lauren did all that kind of stuff. They took care of the day-to-day, -day, but they really cared about what was coming. And that's the choice that we have in looking at the scriptures today.
Luke 8, 4 through 15, if you want to follow along. I'm going to skip the first part. <coughs> We've read about it for several weeks. About the parable of the seed. That's what the, this, this is about. The, where the good seed lands on good soil and the and seed lands on other soil that doesn't take root and dies. But I put this in here uh, to kind of tie into what we're looking at. So down in verse 8, he says, When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears, let them hear. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. <clears throat> he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Well, Peter's there. So the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God, that's Peter. And yet he goes on to stumble, right? But to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. They're gonna, people are going to hear God's message. Many are going to hear God's message not everybody's going to take advantage of it. And <clears throat> that's the part, that's the concept that's hard to get your, your, your mind around, that there's this message and there's this, this way to eternal life, and yet some folks, it's not going to take root. But what does the tapestry of the scriptures tell us why that happens? This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts <coughs> so that they may not believe and be saved. The devil is real. It's a real entity that is here and that can cause that to happen. Can literally cause that to happen. That, that, that you can hear the message and be tone deaf to it. Because the devil succeeds in, in, in winning over your heart. Earlier I said we have a choice. That's the choice. We have a choice to follow what the liar says, or we have a choice to follow what God says, all the while knowing that we're going to stumble along the way. Those on, and it goes on. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word. Enjoy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in a time of testing they fall away. See there's a testing and they're not convicted to follow God's word. Think about Lauren and Twelva and all this. Think about Lauren and Twelva. You think they were tested over time? I bet you they held on to God's word. The seed that fell among those stands for those who hear but it, as they go on their way it's choked off by one of the biggest things that gets everybody sidetracked, and we talked about that in class this morning, life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. They pay attention to what's here. 
the here and now. I gotta figure out here and now, I can't be bothered with the big picture. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with the noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a, cop, a crop. Key word there, persevering. Not happy-go-lucky, everything's gonna be wonderful down here on earth. It's by persevering those who hear the word, they produce a crop. I think Lauren and 12 are in that category. This choice we have is, is very real and very stark. And look at the, look at the four ty types of soil in comparison to your own life, my own life. You can fall into the traps of all those different soils while, while you're living, right? You're not always going to say, hey, I'm on good soil and I, I just, the seed gets planted and up comes the crop and all is good. Sometimes you know you're going to be in those other soil areas and you got to get out. This choice. The, the world today is offering us a clear choice. And the world doesn't want anything to do with the, the validity or the truth of God's word. What is offered is an alternative. I start with the temptation of Eve because this starts way back in the beginning. Genesis 3, 4, and 5. Look what happens. The serpent says, you will, certainly, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You'll be educated. Now look, you, the truth in that is you'll know good and evil. The lie is that you'll become like God. And it'll all be, you will certainly not die. It says certainly not die. So he starts way back in the beginning with the lie. So Eve's got a choice right then and there of, remember, just like Peter, God built the garden, God walks with them, God put them on, on this planet. You know all that. You've seen all that. And yet this serpent walks in and says, hey, what about you? You need something extra, don't you? And so she falls for the here and now. And so does Adam. So it starts way back then. So the, it, if you look at the stories throughout the Bible, this becomes reality. You either pick the here and now and what's going on on this earth or you play for the long run, the long show, eternal life. Luke, uh, Luke 6, 23 through 25. 
Rejoice in the day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. That's long term. For what is how that is for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe you to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. The individuals mentioned here are the ones that are paying attention to the here and now. I just got to win here and now. I got to win today. Well, I don't think it works out. Eternal life, God's word, playing for the long game, sacrificing, and you saw the word perseverance. Perseverance says there's going to be sacrifice along the way. That must be the way I need to live this life. But God, the devil's really good at what, what he's doing today, right? Shouldn't you be happy? I've seen many uh, uh, marriages destroyed on that statement alone. Shouldn't I be happy? Or how about true Christian? Well, if you were a true Christian, you would accept all this. That's a distortion of Christ's message. That leaves out a whole lot of things that Christ taught about. Love is love. Isn't love love? Right? Love is love. It takes a great concept and a great thing built by God and then distorts it and, and, and smashes it into this gray painting that says it's all good because it's all based in love. Or how about would a true God let bad things happen? How's that happen? If there is a God, how's this bad stuff happen? Back that statement, read that statement backwards. Based on the here and now, how can there be a God? Because this is happening here on earth. God, the Bible doesn't say this is heaven. It never once says that. It's a distortion of the truth. Or how about this world is everything. This is all we get. And we should worship this world. We should worship this earth. Because it's here and now. We're alive. I can see you. You can see me. This is all there is. So we should take advantage of that and, and play for the here and now. All those things are, face us each and every single day. So we can either fall into the trap of the lie or we can be that fourth person in the soil parable. Pay attention to the long term. Persevere through all the trials and tribulations that are going to come this way, but produce that crop even while we're here. Repent when we have to, or when we want to, or when we need to, and get back to doing what God wants us to do. 
That is the crux of today's message. That I believe Lauren and Twelva did. I believe that they paid attention to the eternal things. And they lived their lives like that. Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. See, there's that choice again. Work for the Lord or work for humanity. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving long term. Long term. I want everybody here to have that inheritance. I want to have that inheritance. So I got to do these things that Colossians talks about. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. As Robin mentioned this morning, there's a lot of times you're weary and you're tired. It says here, don't be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will keep, uh, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, at no time does this say, hey, you, once you're a member, you're good, everything will be wonderful, and then you go to heaven and it's even more wonderful. It doesn't say that. It says we, for a time, we have to, we have to till the, the ground, and then for a time after that, we will reap the harvest. James 1.12, blessed is the one who perseveres, there's that word again, under trial because having stood the test that a person will, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's the love. That's the real one. And there's a test. There's things that are going to come along in our lives that we're tested and we got to stand up. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I, for folks that don't believe that, I, I don't know what else what to say, but everybody, it says every knee will bow. Every single one. Sooner or later. So that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether it is good or bad. Now, if you take that as, it, as just that scripture, you might come to the conclusion, well, hey, hey, Jay, you're just saying you can earn, you know, that's how you earn your way to heaven. God's grace is his grace. And that's how we get to heaven. But he wants us to do the things he teaches us and his son came down here and said, hey, do what I have commanded of you. I need to see those things because I need those things to get done. Those are the folks that go to heaven. So you can't earn your way, but you can certainly do the things that God asks you to do as a result of that grace that he offers. And then the, our final scripture goes to this 
this point of I'm talking about the tapestry of God's word. We're going to look at we're looking at John 21, 15 through 25. Jesus is going to talk here. And he's going to say something about the future. All the while, all the while he knows that the individual he's talking about is going to deny him. And that, yet this is what he has to say. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, remember Peter's passionate. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because he, Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things that you know that I love you. Remember, he's going to deny Christ. Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, in all those things, Jesus said, look, and Jesus knows what he's going to go do, right? But he still says, hey, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my flock. That's what I need you to do. The, the, the Bible tells us what we need to do. Jesus asks us this question, hey, do you love me? He asks us this question all the time. And he knows that down the road we're going to stumble and, 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 and do the, the wrong things. He knows that, but he says, hey, would you just do these things? Take care of my sheep. Feed them. Clothe them. Give them water, as he later says. Do all those things. I know what you're going to do. I know you're going to mess up. But just keep doing these things and stay with me. That's how, you, that's how I know I lo you love me. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Verily I tell you do. Verily, truly I tell you. And here's the tapestry. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. He knows. He knows exactly what's going to happen to Peter. And he does know that Peter loves him. The fact that he says this pretty much lays it out. Hey, you're going you're gonna to be crucified just like I am. But he knows that Peter's just not there yet. Doesn't have the full message. Doesn't have it all that he needs. And that's why previously he says, look, I know you love me. Just feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Right? Do those things. I'm willing to bet Peter didn't forget that. Like, what did he say to do? Oh, he said do this. Later on, because G Peter paid attention to that, this is what's going to happen to him. 
Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. Then he, then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. And I, and I use Peter as the example because he's just like us. He's exactly like us. And he even had inside information that we don't have. And yet he's just like us. But he did, he did that. He stumbled and he fell. And at the moment he paid attention to what the world had going on. But in the long term, he did not. In the long term, he dies for Christ and he glorifies God. In the long term, he fed the sheep. He goes on to write books in the Bible. And we read them and we study them. But he's just like us. He had the choice. He had the choice of paying attention to what the devil said after, imagine the story after he denies Christ three times and he just goes back. Hey, wouldn't it be easier if I just go back to what I was doing before? I was pretty successful and I'll just do that. I don't have to mess with this crucifixion thing. And I certainly don't have to mess with all the things I'm gonna have to mess with. It would have been easier. He could have justified it any way he wanted to in his mind. Anybody didn't. He goes on and dies for Christ. In the meantime, he helped save millions. This lesson today, even though it's replete with, with words like, if you do evil, you'll face the wrath of God. I tend to want to look at the part where it says his kindness, his kindness is for our repentance. God's kindness is for our repentance. He wants us to repent of the things that we do that aren't in line with feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. And he wants us to follow Christ. Because that's the last thing Jesus said, right? Follow me. That's what he says. He says it to a lot of people. If you look in the New Testament, just follow me. Do what I tell you and follow me. And yes, I know uh, when you stumble, I got you covered. But don't, don't forsake me. Don't come to that conclusion that this world is right. I just rattled off six or seven things, major things that we see. There's hundreds and hundreds that you see every day, distortions of the truth. We're faced with them all the time now. Don't pay attention to them. Pay attention to the long, the long term. That, that will get us where we want to go. It's real, as much as the experts down here say it's not real. Heaven's real, eternity's real, Jesus is real, God's real. And I know a lot of people sitting here have seen that 
when you live God's way, it is way more beneficial than when, the, when you don't. Look, earlier it said the, one, the, the ones who practice evil are going to face trials and tribulations and, and all kinds of bad things. That's true. That's a truism down here on earth. Follow this way, you're not going to be happy. Follow this way, there's a joy beyond measure awaiting you. And at the same time, you get the peace of Christ while you're here on earth. So that's the lesson. Um, if there's anybody here that wants to respond to that, that or anything else you got going on in life, certainly welcome you to, to respond. Um, if you haven't been baptized, we'd love for you to be baptized. On that front, um, I fully expect to start to see things, things become different here. And I think that thing back behind me is going to get used a lot more often. There's a lot of great things we, we got going. And God sends us these messages for one reason. He wants us to take care of his sheep and, and follow him. With that being said, uh, let us stand and sing.